Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of James, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you may not know this about me because you may have never actually seen it, but even though I'm turning 39 this week, I'm still a little active in sports from time to time. I mean, not as active as I was before COVID hit, but still active when I can be, if I'm able to be. In fact, the sport that I've been playing the longest in my entire life is softball. And this weekend is the closing tournament of the season, and it will determine who wins the championship of our league. The team that I play for is getting ready to play their semifinal game right about now. And if they win, they'll go on to the championship game later. Yesterday, when we were playing, they tried to convince me to, one, take the day off, two, tell God to take the day off, and three, bring the service outside to the field. Now, obviously, none of these things happened, because, well, it just doesn't work that way. Knowing full well that was the case, they then turned to saying that, well, I should at least pray for them. Last week, you heard the famous line from James chapter 2 that says, faith without works is dead. Because someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. If you think about it, If you were to tell someone, I believe in Jesus, how can you know truly whether or not somebody believes? If they just say, I believe in Jesus. Now understand, none of us are God, and no one can look into the heart of another person and know whether or not they truly believe. We can look at ourselves and know whether or not we believe. And that's why when we speak the words in our confession of faith of the Apostles' Creed, we say, I believe. Because we can only believe for ourselves. We cannot believe for someone else. We cannot project our faith onto another person. However, the things that people say that they do or say who they are should be followed up by actions, because faith without works is dead. It's like what I just told you about softball. I mean, I could even show you a picture from a previous softball team that I was on. I mean, but in the world of Photoshop nowadays, I mean, someone can put themselves or at least their face in any picture. If my story is actually true that I play softball, well, then you would expect that yesterday I was actually at a baseball field with the rest of my team playing a couple games, if you knew the place and time. You would expect to find maybe a baseball glove in my house. If you were to hand me a softball, you'd expect that I actually know how to throw. You'd be able to look at my actions and know whether or not my words matched it. But if I don't have a baseball glove, if I've never swung a bat in my life, and I haven't actually set foot on a baseball diamond, well, then I can't claim to be a softball player. 
Otherwise, my actions would prove me a liar. So too with faith. If someone tells you that they believe, that they have faith, well, look at their actions. Do their actions support the statement? I mean, this is what James says when he means, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You say you have faith, okay? How is that faith lived out? Do you pray? Do you read your Bible? Do you go to Bible study? Do you come to church? And anyone, really, can come to church and sit in the pews or at home and go through the motions and not really believe. So let's dig a little deeper with that church one. Do you participate in the Lord's Supper and truly believe that it is Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins, for the strengthening of your faith, and for your salvation? When you have kids, do you bring them to the waters of baptism? where they receive the forgiveness of sins and where they are claimed by God as his dearly loved child. And the Holy Spirit is at work in them. If you're older and you're not baptized, are you going to come to the waters of baptism? When we have a, a time of confession and forgiveness, are you sorry for your sins? Do you actually confess your sins and ask for forgiveness? When you have sinned against others, do you take responsibility for your sin and admit your faults and ask them for forgiveness? Do you forgive those who have sinned against you? Do you seek to build up the body of Christ rather than tear it down? Do you share your faith with those who don't know Christ, with other people? Do you tell others the good news of Jesus Christ? Do you bring the light of Christ into the darkness of our world? Do you love your neighbor as yourself in how you live your life? I mean, we could keep going, but I'll stop there and say that this is one of the, the greatest claims or the knocks people bring against the church that the church is full of hypocrites. That the church is full of people who say that they believe, but their actions outside of Sunday don't actually match that. They are living every other day like the rest of the world. They're engaging in sex outside of marriage. They're getting drunk at every party. They're participating in illegal activity. They're taking the Lord's name in vain constantly. They're being hateful to their neighbor by the things that they do and the things that they say. They put their hope and trust and faith in money and stuff rather than God. They lie, they steal, and on and on. I mean, maybe there are those who even say that they're a Christian and they've never even set foot in a church and have no intention of setting foot in a church. When the world looks at people who claim to be Christian, but they don't live their lives any different than the world, who would be drawn to that? Again, no one can look into anyone else's heart and see their faith but we can see faith lived out 
in the actions of people without the use of their words. Now, Jesus wants you to have both your words and your actions and have them match up with one another all the time so that you say you're a Christian and you live every day, every moment like you are. But the truth is, we're all sinners. James says in our reading for today, for we all stumble in many ways. We sin. There is no denying that. And we don't just stumble in a few ways. We stumble in many ways. We sin daily. The church is full of hypocrites. And there's always room for one more. The church is full of hypocrites. And I'm one of them. And so are you. We are all hypocrites. Because we all say that we are Christians, yet we live our lives as sinners. We say that we follow Jesus, but when we sin, we've decided to follow ourselves because we say that we know what is best for ourselves and our own life, and we put ourselves in the place of God. The church is full of hypocrites because the church is full of of sinners. And what we deserve for our sin is punishment. It's death. And ultimately, it's hell. We're sinners worthy of condemnation. We're sinners worthy of damnation. We're sinners worthy of hell. And God would be right and just in giving that to each and every one of us. And that's exactly why Jesus came. Because we're sinners, only deserving of death and hell. And where we stumbled, Christ stood firm. Where we sinned, Christ was without sin. Where we stood deserving the punishment of hell, Christ stood before the cross and allowed himself to be nailed there, taking our punishment taking our hell because it was the only way to save us. It was the only way to rescue us. It was the only way for us to have eternal life. By him taking all of our sins, all of our hypocrisy, all of our death, and all of our hell and placing it on himself. The cross was the way of salvation, of our salvation. And Jesus voluntarily laid down his life for us. And he did it because he loves us. He loves us so much that he gave up his life for us. But that's not the end of the story. Because as the sinless son of God, sin and death have no hold on Christ he conquered the grave, and he rose victorious. And his resurrection proves that he has defeated sin, death, and the devil, and has given us the assurance of eternal life. And this is a gift that is given to us by grace through faith. And it is Christ's work, not ours. And so we who believe are declared saints before God because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And that's why we say that we are at the same time sinners and saints on this earth. 
we who truly believe we are saints because we have the promise of eternal life and not just some future hope, but eternal life is a present reality. Yet while we remain on this earth, we will always have sin in us. And so when we get to James chapter 3, we're seeing a continuation of the conversation about faith and works because it is a struggle to live on this earth because it's a struggle of sin versus salvation, of life versus death, of dark versus light, of good versus evil, and we're right in the middle of it. And while we are still here on this earth, what comes out of our mouths the words that we use, or tongues as James calls it, can both do incredible harm and incredible good. Because from the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. I mean, think about a moment in your life where someone wor used words that did wonders for you. Imagine if you were a kid and you just had your first piano recital and your parents knew how hard you had been working but they also knew that you were a little bit nervous and then afterwards they tell you how proud they are of you and how great you sounded and knew how hard you had worked leading up to it as a kid what do you think that would do for your confidence your desire to keep playing and practicing. On the other side, imagine if your parents came up to you afterwards and said, how terrible you sounded, and pointed out all of your mistakes, and talked about how much money they had wasted on you and your lessons, and then told you that you were never going to play the piano again. How would that make you feel? What do you think it would do for your confidence then? That's why James says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. I don't think we need to remind anyone about the kind of damage one little flame can do to a forest. But that's how the tongue is described. And it can even happen in the church. As James says, it can be set among our members, staining the whole body. One little flame can destroy a whole forest. So too can words destroy the people of God. As sinners, we will have the temptation to destroy the body of Christ, to lie and deceive and gossip and hate and look down upon the body other pe people only care about our part of the body only care about ourselves and as saints we aim to build up the body of christ rather than destroying it we look out for the other parts of the body we seek the good of others we take care of the needs of others we look after the orphan and the widow we visit the sick we care for the hurt we support the broken we bear the burdens of others and we are patient and kind and gentle we forgive because we have been forgiven by christ and we love 
because we have first been loved by God. And this isn't easy. That's why Jesus sent us his Holy Spirit to work in us so that our words and our actions are the same. So that our words, our tongue, like that small rudder of a ship as it talks about in James, as it steers this, this big ship, that the small rudder leads us in the way of everlasting life, that it speaks blessing, blessings, and that our actions bless. And the good news is, we have the greatest pilot or captain in Jesus, directing, steering the ship that is our life. And it is him that we proclaim to the world. And it is he who will bring your life to completion and welcome us into heaven with arms wide open because you truly are a saint. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.